This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite as we focus on booths and home studios this month. Um, I had a session the other day with a client and they were using Zoom. So the audio engineer was at home on Zoom. The ad agency and the creatives were also at home on Zoom. Uh, so I zoomed in to that session. So I was capturing the audio at my end and I was using the big computer to capture the audio because I was in the booth. And for Zoom, I was using my laptop and just running through the interface. Makes sense. Yep. So we get through the session. We're about halfway through. And then someone, one of the clients asked for a playback. Now, what was happening was the audio engineer wasn't capturing anything. I don't know why. Well, like I, it could have been capturing the Zoom audio, but no, it wasn't capturing anything. So then it was up to me to work out a playback. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Back it up. Yep. Who was the audio engineer? If there was nobody recording you, yep. who was the audio engineer? Andrew. I don't understand why there was an audio engineer on the call at all, to be honest. Exactly. With you. Why was somebody being paid to be an audio engineer? Exactly. So anyway, so then I had to try and they're saying, can you do a playback? And I said, look, I don't, I don't have the facility to do a playback. But I was capturing as a backup on my laptop using Twisted Wave the session there which is going via the interface. And then the, the real session I was capturing on the big on the big PC. So I did actually have something I could um, send to them. So it ended up where I had to break the session halfway through, come in here, edit down the pieces they want to listen back to from Twisted Wave, and then upload that to Zoom so they could have a playback. And then when it actually got to the, 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 the audio engineer, he then played it back through his laptop or his computer speakers. So it was actually come out the speakers back into the, the microphone he, on his He played it back computer. for everyone through an open microphone? Correct. The engineer, I use yeah. I use air quotes. Can you hear yeah. the air quotes? <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, apart from anything else, it completely broke the flow of the session um, and put, you know, put me in a, position which I shouldn't have been put into of having right, you to, have to focus on the script and the performance and you're not correct an audio yeah so what do you want us to say do you want us to rant about this for a while because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we certainly could yeah but I, I but what are the expect I mean I don't know whether anyone's ever talked to you about anything like this before but what are the expectations what are people expecting from voice talent I, now I have had to set up a number of voice talent, and this usually comes up in a phone patch, but I would compare Zoom to a phone patch anyways. It's the right, same, yeah. same basic way, yeah. garbage. It's not intended um, to be a recorder. It's just right. a communications yeah. tool. And I, I think it's something that voice talent, especially because of COVID, are being more thrown into even than before. Um, and it's not your cup of tea, your wheelhouse, whatever you want to call it. It distracts you. It only serves to hurt the client um, because it takes more time. And it takes you away from what you do best. And I've always thought, you know, beyond that, just a larger issue is, especially as the voice talent gets pushed more and more into being an audio engineer, you guys should charge for your booths and your setup. Um, it, here, there's here. a lot of people who spend a lot of money, dedicate their career to being audio engineers, not this guy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. And and that's what they do. And and so, you know, let people do what they do best and pay them for that. And if you want someone to do that, then either assume that they're good at it, um, but 
kind of hitting you with it at the last second in the middle of a session when you've never been asked for it before is pretty annoying, I think. I, I don't think it's voiceover's responsibility anyway, I'll be honest with you. It's the responsibility of whoever's listening back. If, you know, if we're going to need to mm-hmm. hear it back, then we need to be able to do that. We don't, surely if you were thinking about the session, you'd be going, let's get this sorted out. I mean, it's one small, it's like the next thing they're like is like, hey, can you play back take one? Can you play back yes, take three? Can you play back take five? Can you please play back the beginning of take one edited to the middle of take three uh-huh. and the end of take five? Yeah. Yep. Here's my theory. Here's why it's happening. Because it's a, it's a lack of education on the client's part as to what who does what job. I think at the highest level of production, certainly in the States, I won't speak of any other country, but there's a very clear delineation between jobs. <laughs> you know, yeah. we know who does what job. Mm-hmm. We know the engineers, that's their job. Some studios even have a tape op. I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but yeah, that's a magazine. You know, yeah. Um, you know, but those, those, everybody has a job. So the jobs are, it's the old wearing multiple hats problem. And this is just, this is what's happened here in the States for sure. It's just the budgets shrink and the jobs become more the burden of the voice actor. Then you have clients who think they've only ever walked into a studio and sat down and, and listened. So they're in this like detached listening environment. They're on the end there. They're in a zoom room. You know, they're all looking at each other in Zoom. Mm-hmm. And they're just listening to the session. And so they're detached from the production flow. They don't realize there's no actual engineer actually doing their job, that the actor is doing everything. And so for them, it's absolutely normal to say, can you take, can you play that back? Because they were, you know, that's what they, they were yeah, exactly. posting on Instagram. So, so Andrew, forgive them. They know not what they ask for. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I do. I, look, I understand on the on the part of the the audio engineer who just happened to be at home, and I think it's probably due to COVID. But I, I was surprised that he wasn't capturing just even the rough Zoom yeah, stuff. Yeah, he I mean, should have been able to capture it and play that's it back. What he even if been doing. even if he was going to have to redo all of his work later because he he would have to revisit every edit with the files that you send him directly. Yeah. Um, I see this as part of a bigger symptom or bigger issue, which is. You see uh, auditions, and the auditions basically say something to the degree of the talent must have their own home studio. And you read between the lines, and that means we're not hiring an outside studio to, to send you that's, to. That's, yeah, that's the and translation. Then, and then the next part of it is they want to run the session because they don't want to hire an outside studio. They also maybe don't want to hire an, an, a studio for themselves. And so they're all sitting, this is before COVID, but they're all sitting in a boardroom listening to a speakerphone, like a polycom speakerphone in the middle of a big desk, and they're just directing you and they're asking you for playbacks, and then they expect you to send the files in. And they think that this is going to save them money, but it doesn't, and here's why. Because after you record everything, and even if they get some playbacks and they give you clear notes, if I was doing that session, when we finish the session, the edit is done. It's done. Yeah. Send it. Done. Like, if not, what has to happen is they have to send you all those files. I have to jump in there. Hopefully you gave me separate files, but possibly not. Maybe you just gave me one long audio file. Is there a slate in that file between takes, or do I have to figure out which one is take one and take two and take three? And they create a whole bunch of confusion, which now an edit that would take me mm-hmm. five minutes takes me an hour. And there they paid for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think there's also another issue here as well. I think one of the problems we've got is we keep saying, home studio 
we should change it to home booth. There you go. Because yeah. I, because That's there is an expectation accurate. by saying studio that, that you actually are some kind of an audio engineer. No, you're right. It, it, there should be a, another delineation between what a studio is and a remote booth. Yeah. Right. Um, one, one has no engineer. Like it's the it's the driverless car. Well, one yeah. connects to yeah. the other. The booth connects to the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a virtual connection. I always say that you're on the other side of the glass, but the glass is a is an Ethernet cable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. or something. That's right. But that's that's the ideal. And I it drives me crazy that actors have to juggle as much technology as they do in a session. And I know some joyfully, you know love the challenge or maybe they came from radio and that's just always been the thing but it is absolutely not possible to be doing your best performance and engineering you cannot do both you can't simultaneously do both you can microtask you can like as andrew said switch your brain off from acting mode and now you're an engineer and now you're figuring out this or that but it takes you right out of it. it takes you right out of it. I mean, your while, while we're doing a take, I might be organizing some stuff while the take is happening. You know, like I exactly I can I can take like a set of ABCs and chop it up and label each one ABC so that when they ask for A, B, or C, I'm like, boom, there it is, really fast. Exactly. Yep. Well, here's the other thing that comes out of it for me is you know, I, 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 years ago in my senior sound designer days, sat in a session, I was telling Andrew this story the other day, actually, was sitting in a session and, and the client was like, okay, can you cut take one to take two? And then that last part of take three, can you put that in there at the end and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So finally we get to the end of this process and, and finally I think, okay, well, we've got what they want. And then they look at the voice talent and go, just come in and sit down for a minute. Um, Robbo, can you just put some music under that? We want to see what it sounds like with music under it. And I had to bite my tongue and go, well, it sounds the same except it's got music under it. But my point <laughs> <laughs> my point from this... No, 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 it'll change our opinion completely. That's right. Yeah. But my point from the story is, is that the next expectation? So once Andrew's playing back things, is the next expectation that he'll, as we've just said, cut takes together. And then is it, well, can you put some music under it so we can hear it. And then like like video editors who are now doing audio mixes, do we have home studio, home voice booth guys who are doing mixes? We, we do actually. I've seen some voice guys that end up doing their own mixes. They have like, they literally say they have production companies and, you know, maybe they do or they don't. But it's, I think, a lot of like trying to get more out of less. And um, there's a breaking point where you don't get the value. For sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is, which that I find concerning is if you spend money and you have an iso- you know, a booth that's isolated uh, and all you have in that booth is your copy stand and a microphone and a headphone amplifier and a set of headphones, you haven't got the computer in there. You haven't got anything in there. So does that mean you have to start working out of it? Yeah. At, at best, you're looking at like a 13-inch, a t- 11-inch Mac macbook air and you're trying to do playbacks on that little screen or something yeah my job has been so interesting because on the one hand my job is to enable when when an actor says i have to do this thing my job is to say here's how to do it Uh but my job is not to say you're not you know i can't tell the actor (laughs) no (laughs) you're not you're not supposed to do that so don't 
This this is an issue where the actors are their own, not their own best friends, because they're all willing to eat each other's lunch and try to grab the gig from somebody else and provide more services. And if you hire me, you don't have to hire an engineer. You don't have to hire a studio. And I'm willing to give that away for free, even though these actors are spending, you know, five, eight thousand dollars in a booth, two thousand dollars in a microphone and a preamp. And then paying me to fix that crap all the time. Right. (laughs) They're up. investing in it, and they're hoping it comes out of what they should have been doing anyways. That they, they're right. not getting paid extra for that. And it trickles down to so many different parts of the business. I mean, um, audiobooks, too. You know, the actor, there's this thing called ACX, and it's the audiobook creations exchange. And it, the intention is that the the voice, the narrator, is the producer. And what ends up happening is many find this an entree into the business and don't realize that those that are really successful aren't actually doing all of those jobs. So they think I now need to learn how to do all those jobs. And I do teach people how to do all those jobs. It's a lot of stuff. And I'm like, are you ready for this? This is, I have, I've I can heard teach a lot you. of nightmares about those contracts they sign where it says must deliver mastered audio. And they don't know what that really means. Yeah. With very specific specs and, but again, I'm a problem solver, but I'm also like an enabler because like here I am solving that problem for all these actors and then it's enabling those clients to keep having that expectation and then they're going to go to the next talent and have that same expectation again and it feeds on itself. It's yeah. a, it's a, I hate the word slippery slope, but it's a horrible slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Well, and, like, and, uh, and at the same time, like I said, from my perspective, there's an audio engineer who's like, but that's my job. Right. I can yeah. do that better. And so, and so with COVID, like me, I, I heard, I heard a few scenarios, which are to me very promising where the actor is sent a kit. Maybe they already have a studio, but even when they do, they're sometimes still sent a kit and then they get to really actually be actors or performers like a, my 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 great friend Lori Allen, I went to her place one day, and she had a, a MacBook Pro and a, and of all things, believe it or not, an Apogee mic, an Apogee hype, the new Apogee USB mic. And she's like, "This is what they sent me." And I was like, "Who?" She's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, we're doing the new uh, the new SpongeBob on this." I'm like, "Really?" Um, and I was like, "So tell me what happens." And she told me, and they remote control everything. She's like, "All I have to do is plug it in, turn on the computer, put it in the, on the stand, and then and then I type the password, and then they log in on Twist on Team Viewer, and they do the rest." I know who that is. Yeah. So <laughs> it's this is the way this is the way things should be. The the actors should but be able to be the But that is a big network doing it right, and they have the money to do it right. And, and but so it's not that expensive. They're sending out a MacBook Pro and a $300 mic, mm-hmm. and they're, they have an engineer who's hired to run and operate it. They, they have an engineer whose only job is to capture it, and they have a different engineer whose job is to edit it. Okay, yeah, but that is, is that, is that exp- more expensive than a normal... Well, maybe just, it is. I don't it's know. It's just all that. part of their workflow and how they... Yeah. Like, because, because when they have those actors on, it is all about... Like, because here it gets back to the value. Like, you're paying these actors a lot of money per hour. And messing around editing on the fly is not the way to get the most value out of those actors. That's Take right. notes and do it later. Um, and so they have their director directing, taking notes, and the engineer is putting markers in that Pro Tools session. That's but, right. 
they're not spending time going, let's do a playback unless they have to, because they're like, let's get another take. Better yeah, this is yeah, this is exactly. animation. It's not commercial. You know, I know commercials are kind of different where it's not unusual for the talent to be on the hook for two hours and all it's only about twenty minutes of recording, but the rest of it's waiting for approval and yes. that stuff happens yeah. all the time. But yep. but animation, it's a whole different deal and it's um, more of a sealed thing where everyone yeah. works for the same company and there's yeah. less um there's less fear of your client in, yeah. in that world. But what was brilliant in this context, and I understand immediately after I wrapped my head around the fact that they wouldn't let her use her professional mic, <laughs> they were like, use this, was that that Apogee hype mic let the engineer remote control the gain. So yes. it, and it there's allowed a them to... Yeah. There's yeah, a compressor a built into that thing too, which is a little bit yeah. scary, but yeah. Yeah, it can be used or not used, but yeah. the fact that it could be 100% remote engineered um, from the gain to the file delivery, everything... Is, you just need a remote control mic stand. Yeah, well, yeah, those do exist. I don't know they if do. I've anybody seen anybody ship one, but the positioner. Yeah, yeah the positioner. But um, that's the way it should be. I know it's, there's not a budget for that all the time, but it, it should be like that more so now. It should be. Do they have a remote controlled taser? <laughs> for that who? Would be very handy. The client or the, uh-huh. or the talent? Yes, but yes, yeah. one for each. You mean like the Simpsons, where they're all sitting around and they all have a shocker? They all have a button. <laughs> Can I please have an edit? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Can you, yes, do another take? <laughs> Can you play that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can you just put your just put your hand on the microphone for a second? Oh okay. yes, <laughs> waffle burn. <laughs> now read it properly. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, yeah. No. I. Uh, it's. It. I don't know the answer to it. I can only hope that as as we continue working remotely, that workflows have adapted so that the quality can still be maintained, and that there are enough of those productions, like I was describing earlier, out there. Um, and that uh, the quality bar doesn't fall, the performance quality doesn't fall. My thought on all this was that after I finished that session, I realized I probably wasn't the first person to be asked to play back. No, certainly and then, not. And then you're sitting there wondering, gosh, how did I handle it compared to my competition? Correct. Right. Which is unfair pressure, but yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, it, you walk it's away true. With it. It's I, logical that you would think that. Yeah. yeah. In my world, that's normal. Like when I set up a studio... Unless the equipment is just simply not capable of doing so, if it is capable of doing it, it's part of my setup. Like I will, I will set it up to play back. And if it's if it's the right equipment, the actor doesn't have to even really think about it. Like it just works. Like I, when I set it up, it should be super simple to operate, so that the second they hit play, it's going to be heard. And that doesn't all. It's not always easy, um, and and it causes a lot of stress and on the client and me. Like today, Robert answered a phone call seven a.m. my time, nine a.m. his time from a client with an emergency, and we were trying desperately to set up his setup system to do all this stuff seamlessly, and I still forgot one flick of a switch or one you know preset, and it, and it didn't work. Um, it feels like a, it feels like you're building a house of cards. Uh, and I'd hate that. And I hate the feeling that if one thing isn't quite right, it just isn't going to work and it's going to blow. And no matter how simple you make it, there's still a set of instructions and things that they need to know and remember. And there, it's still a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even as elegant as it can be, they still need to have a certain degree of wits about them. They may need to take some notes. 
Um, you know, clients with post-it notes all over their monitors and stuff, <laughs> yeah. whatever it takes. Um, you know, I've had some clients that have to write down when I'm explaining to them long form, like in a spiral notebook, word for word, or they just can't remember it. So yeah, it's, it can be a lot. So and I just want it to be simple. It's also practice. So like, if yeah. you don't, you know, if like most of your clients don't ask for it and then you get asked for it, it's like, oh crap, I covered that with George three months ago. Exactly. Now I have to remember that. And I don't remember that. Yep. I think it's more on the clients to be reasonable about what's being asked for and understanding the talent says, I am an engineer, I can do this and that as part of my services, then great. The, and the talent should be presenting themselves as not just a talent, but an engineer. Yeah, um, it, it should. there should literally be now a line in the sand drawn where we say, you're a talent and an engineer. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you literally say, I do voice acting and voice over engineering services. And when yeah. you're hired, it's like a line item. Like, here's my engineering services. Right. 50 bucks an hour, whatever it is. Right. Whatever additional. you decide. Yeah. yeah. I, I, really, I, do, I believe that. I hate that there's tons of out-of-work voiceover engineers or engineers that are, should be doing this work and, and aren't. And we've, we've had, you know, yeah, we bicker and debate about the, the actor sending processed audio all the time and how that's just not right. And, and, um, but it's just, it's become a necessity. And again, I always feel, I feel like an enabler all the time because <laughs> I'm, I'm setting up all these things to make the end, the actor feel like they're providing the service that's in, that's expected of them. And then they're, they're enabling the client then to not hire the engineer. Yeah, or they're making the engineer's job harder or different. Right. You know, like, like today I was like, they're on that Apollo console is an LA two way and a EQ. Right. And it's like, eh, like, you know, you don't say anything, but you're thinking like, I'd turn that off most of the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How's I, this I, for I agree. An, yeah. How's this for an idea? So say you, you've got a home booth and you're expected before the session to offer playback, capture, maybe do a quick edit, blah, blah, blah. So you say to the client, okay, well, if you want that service, that's an extra $100 an hour. And then you have an audio engineer, wherever they may be, yeah, come uh, in, join you, join yep. you on Source Connect, and right. they run the session. That's Amen. right, totally, exactly I mean, how yeah. it should go. Yeah, like like going back to the ACX thing, it's highly common for the actor to hire those people. You know, they hire an editor, a proofer, and yep. maybe the editor also does the mastering, but they hire that out mm. because then you, as the actor, get to be the actor. You get to be the narrator. That's your job. That's what your passion is. That's your skill. And you can do five books in a month instead of two, you know, and, and that's a different scale of economy of scale, but it's the same idea. So I think that's a really good idea. And, and just like we have a data, there's actually a database on a spreadsheet that one of my friends made for people that do that kind of work. There should be a database that's easily reachable of people that do exactly what Robert just said, vert, if you want to call it virtual engineering or remote engineering or whatever you want to call it, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. It, well, like part of it is just sort of educating the clients and the actors that even though the actor feels they are providing more value, they don't need to, even though the client thinks that they're saving money, they're probably not. Or if they are, pay me now or pay later. Yeah. 
it's it's going to come out of it somehow anyways. You're going to take longer in the session. So the actor, I mean, maybe it's all zero sum. The session takes longer. The actor gets two hours. But I'm certain a lot of actors are like, oh, it took an hour and a half. Just bill me. I'll bill you an hour. Like everyone is so willing to uh, take Super one on the chin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Yeah, absolutely. it's like when I was a production mixer on set. You know, and I try to get clean dialogue, and then the director would be like, "Moving on." I'd be like, uh, "And they'd be like, oh, I'm paying for ADR and post. It's all part of the deal." Moving on. Yeah, you don't want to do that though, because yeah. like, the oh, ADR is never as good as the original. Exactly. Take. We all know what bad aid, bad loop, bad ADR dubbing yeah. sounds yeah. like. But this was the mentality, you know, when it's a. Yeah, we'll fix it and fix it in post. So fix it in the mix. Mm. Indeed. <laughs> We're all screwed. We are all screwed all from hell. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite recorded using Rode NTG5s and Source Connect, edited by Andrew Peters and mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging with tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say g'day, drop us a note at our website, theproaudiosuite.com.